In the world of language teaching, there are people who simply teach languages. And then there are others who go beyond that into something else, into real learning. And today I have the pleasure of speaking to one of those people, Mihalis Eleftherio, the creator of language transfer. Since 2011, he has been creating language courses in a vast array of different languages, including English, Arabic, Swahili, and Greek. And all of his courses are completely free. In this interview, we talk about free education and teaching philosophy and social activism and saving the planet. I really hope that you enjoy our interview. So I am here with Mihalis from Language Transfer. So let, let's sort of start at the beginning. When, when did you start Language Transfer? Um, I think around 2011, but then like really full time since 2014. There was like a period where it was kind of blending with other activism experiments. And okay. Yeah. Okay. And did did you before you started language transfer? What did you do? Um, what was I doing? I was I was teaching languages to pay for my musical education. Okay, yeah. so you're a musician. <laughs> well, very briefly, yeah. I studied languages at, at university, and then and then I was uh, I was in Argentina. I was playing the violin, and uh, I was teaching I was teaching languages just to pay for all of that. And at the same time, I was doing activism, like okay. volunteer work okay. for NGOs and stuff. And somewhere in that journey, I kind of realised, oh, okay, actually. What I'm doing with the languages can be an activism if I make it free. Because yeah. I, like, I well, realised how much that had affected me in my life. Yeah. Well, before. I mean, I suppose this is this is sort of another important question. Is is um, like I suppose we can talk more about that like later. But why why did you decide to make everything free? I mean, you know, if you create a really good language course, you can you can make a lot of money. Yeah. Like, why would you do it free? Um, What's well, your like I say, like my motivation was always kind of doing something meaningful, which is why I was doing this NGO kind of stuff. And I realised that the thing that had most affected me was that experience of kind of reconstructing yourself in a new language and realising how much of yourself is just a result of your language and maybe not chosen or oh, really? more simply how indoctrinated you are by your culture and your language and, and I thought that was just a, a kind of mind-blowing experience that I wanted to share and so I you like mean like be, if you so you mean like if, if people have another language then it's almost like they have another personality or yeah and uh, for one part but I think mostly it's a lot of like the concepts of you know where we come from it really depends on where you're coming from as a person you know it could be a national identity which is just you blow the lid off it looking at like how we dissect English for example in the bushes and realize what it's built out of or be it you know how your language shapes the way in which you think because in the thinking method we're dealing a lot with thought and like what thought we're transcribing into languages I mean there was just a lot of facets in there that, that made me think like oh actually you know this can be my activism or even just like having students that just thought they were stupid and that they were totally incapable of language learning or learning generally and then like you have a couple of hours with them and they're like oh my god I can't believe it. you know so it was kind of all of that together uh, that made me want to make it for free but 
Well, I think that's something that infuriates both of us, right? The idea that people try to learn a language and then they fail. So many people fail almost almost instantly. Yeah. And then they just feel, well, they feel stupid or they just miss out on the whole experience of learning a language. Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, there's lots of different uh, motivations for that sense, which is why I find this question kind of really hard because, you know, people say, what is the motivation between language transfer? It's like, well, there's, lo there's loads of yeah. different motivations. It depends, like, how I feel when I wake up in the morning and which one is, like, getting the cogs running today, you know? Like, for me, a big part of it also is I hate the monetary system. I hate that money takes decisions. If okay. you think about it, there's not really many, a, lo a lot of, like, logic or even individuals or philosophical ideas or ideas about how to design society or anything like that taking decisions it's just like what moves money around is what ends up happening yeah, yeah. that's a really artificial like decision making mechanism and, and the stupidity of that infuriates me I don't want to participate in it and that's a big reason as well also why but I think it, I think it's difficult to live without money I mean it's not about living without money it's about the, the rules of the monetary system how we have it now although it might be a bit outdated to be living with money still, in all fairness. I think we could probably manage without it. But <laughs> well, I mean, we sort of have, you know, the out. whole idea of sort of contactless card is sort of maybe... Yeah, but if you think about, like, on the planet, what we're destroying, just to meet our basic needs, you could meet everybody's basic needs for free and, and use half the resources, destroy half of what we do at the moment, and make it all for free, just with some, like, intelligent design. I mean, even on that basic level, like on, you know, uh, energy, food and, and shelter, it would make sense. I mean, well, that's a huge discussion, but just, yeah, just yeah. generally the fact that like what happens or what doesn't happen, you know, like when you're talking about even a, a disease being cured, you know, huge, uh, you know, the point behind that is going to be like, okay, what's going to make more money, the cure or, or the tablets that are, you know, yeah, that is a huge. It's uh, like that guy who's he's in prison now, but he he bought the patent for was it a drug for a drug for cancer, and then he increased the price fifteen thousand percent so that he could make more profit. I don't know much about that story, but I do remember it. But I did have the feeling that he's in prison because he was a small guy doing it. Where, he was, he where was, it would be the norm <laughs> if that was a big company. That's so that. cynical. Well, <laughs> no, I love it. Maybe I, I know too no, much no, about no. the world. So it really seems like you have this sort of well, I, I think the the. The whole idea of, of teaching language being like a type of activism, like I've never, that's not a concept that I'm familiar with. Like how how do you see teaching a language as, as activism? I think changing people, no? Changing people's minds, making them think, making them question things that they just take for granted. It's got to be one of the most important things. Know, that, we, that we could do within activism. There's a lot of activism now. It's like, okay, you know, don't use straws now. You know, suddenly straws are the enemy, right? But, like, forget the plastic lid that you pierce with your straw. That doesn't matter. Like, do you know what I mean? So I find a lot of that happening. Hmm. Not a lot of thought going into, okay, but, you know, and a lot of, like, okay, it's, it's very popular and fashionable now to be thinking about these kind of things. But why are we only thinking about our own individual habits where it's huge? Uh, companies that are the main contaminants of mm. the planet. Mm. Mm. There's, you know, and if we think about that, we go, hold on, why am I being like picked at all the time for using a straw, for doing this, for doing that, when there's just huge companies making incredible amounts of waste, which is unnecessary and polluting uh, places on purpose, then, because it saves money. And for me, it's just about like making people think, also about uh, participating in society, not. Uh, 
competitively. Yeah. I don't want to compete, I want to collaborate. I think okay. that we're at a stage that we have like enough knowledge and technology. Pull the dog hair off my hands. Uh, where, where it just makes sense to collaborate with each other rather than being in this constant competition mode. And I feel like humans yeah. have two really important modes of function, and that's like scarcity and abundance. You know, our society and everything is based on the idea of scarcity, there's not enough to go around, there's not enough for everyone, fight, like, scrap for it, you know? And then, and then we have this other mode, which is abundance. When you're in abundance, we, we change as animals, we're completely different animals, and I'm like, want to try to keep myself in that that's how I want to interact with the world. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think a, a lot of people who are trying to learn a language, you know, they do it in isolation. You know, something they feel like, you know, they have their book and they open their book and they sit and they study and they memorize, and that's not collaborative at all. Uh, it's know? more like about, what I meant by that is more like the... No, you know, no, like you say, like you, you know, you can sell the, the material and stuff like that. And I'm going to be, comp I feel like I'm competing in that. Yeah, no, but but what I'm saying is that, um, like f for me, for me, that's something that, that that I would like to see change in the world of language learning is people, you know, coming out of their textbooks and actually just like using the language to do stuff, like to collaborate with other people. That's why people learn, is it? Like, I mean, I don't, I... it is weird, I know what you mean, because a lot of the time it's like, oh, you know, I've had students where I used to give a lot of private classes before mm. and, and pay for language transfer through that. And then, you know, it, it was like, you, I always give classes with the idea that you're going to go out and use the language, that I'm not going to be your only way that you're going to interact with Spanish or English or whatever. And it's like, well, if you're not doing that, yeah, why are you? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, why, why are you learning this language? Yeah, I, I think, like, I think for me, the fact that um, you know, we 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 talk language, which is which is something a tool which was designed for communication between humans, and and then reduced it to for most people, I think their experience with learning languages at school. You know, for most people, you know, especially in in English-speaking countries in you know the UK and America. And even other countries, their experience is just sort of in the classroom with a book, answering multiple choice. They never actually um, use it to do anything outside of the classroom. Like I remember, I studied French at high school for, for five years, and the only thing the only thing I ever really remember is the day that we went to watch a French film, because it was like. A, a, a real use of the, the language, like yeah. to do, and I couldn't understand the film at all. Because <laughs> no, it would know. definitely make sense to to find ways, like to make it applicable, you know. And yeah. But I think that goes for all subjects. Like, yeah, you absolutely. Don't, you don't yeah. Maths, understanding how maths is going to be important to your life, do you? It's like totally separate. Well, yeah. No, no, I it's, agree. It's hard to talk about that really because I went to school 20 years ago, so. No, I think now it's worse. I don't know. I think it's worse. I think I think a lot of people. Yeah, maths is another subject where people can finish school having studied maths for, I don't know, five years or... And haven't really grasped some on, of the On the train on the way here, the, like, the girl, I don't know, maybe she was 20-something, said to her, I'm like, what's 12 times 20? And they couldn't. <laughs> and yeah, it's like, you should... I mean, how can you come out of school and not have that... The basics. You know? Yeah, because that is really basic, isn't it? Times yeah, yeah, or, or even just, or even like I think, in a similar way, like maths can be applicable in other areas of your life. Like if you need to figure out, you know, I don't know how to, what's the best way to fold something, or 
I don't know, that's a shopping bizarre bill. example. Yeah, shopping bill, yeah. <laughs> and they're just not things that they teach at school, I think. Or they try to teach them, but in such a... This the problem comes back to, I think... disconnected from reality. Mm -hmm. I mean, you need to make something relevant. I've noticed this as well. When your brain understands, or when you understand, let's say, that something's relevant, you, you really do digest it better. So there's a lot of kind of cues to that in the course as well. Like, um, in the courses, a lot of the time, I'm like... This is important, but maybe without saying this is important, you know, you, you're showing somehow that's relevant. Your brain perks up and goes, oh, I need to know this. So, yeah, it would be nice, wouldn't it, if like... But I think that's mostly, I don't think that's so much about curriculum and course design. I think that's about individual teachers. If you have teachers that are excited about teaching, that teacher is going to show you how what you're learning is relevant to life. It's gonna, that teacher's going to be putting that across all the time. If you have a teacher that's just doing something for a wage, just getting through that textbook, which is maybe the majority oh, of I think a majority, yeah, yeah. Uh, teachers nowadays, was once upon a time a very revered profession. <laughs> no, yeah, not I so think, much now. Yeah, um, yeah I think, um, like, in where I live in Spain, I think there's, there's still that, that that sort of high respect for teachers, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You, you know, so you know, I think there's still that that respect. But is it disappearing? I think, I think, I think Spanish people feel like it is. It yeah, is disappearing. Yeah, I mean, you might have that respect, but mostly it's just because of authoritarianism. I don't yeah. think it's because like it's such a revered. I don't think people understand what the teacher does in it. And that's interesting if you talk about Spanish, because enseñar, you know, it means to show and to teach, and that is a big problem, <laughs> you know. Like mammals learn by looking, right? So a cat watches, a kitten watches the cat and it understands, you know, how to do certain stuff, right? It watches and it imitates, that's how we learn. So, like by extension, you know, when we start first, when we think about like teaching in a really lame accent, we think about like, show me how to do that, you know, show me. But, you know, thousands of years have gone by. You know, we do need to realise that there is a very important difference between showing and teaching. And that isn't just a problem like of language in Spanish, it's like it's what happens in the UK when you go to school as well. You get bored, it's like, let me show you what you don't know. And it's like, great, are you going to show me how to get that into my head? No, you're just literally showing me what I don't know, what I need to know. Brilliant, thank you. Yeah, it's so like... um, Go home and smang, bang my head on the book until it's in you. Well, it's just basically, for me, I think a majority of education is just memorization and regurgitation. And that's rewarded, yeah. you know, by good marks. Yeah. You know, people who are really good at regurgitating stuff get good marks. I yeah. mean, how is that? That's not learning. I learned that in my degree, like when I was thinking and put what I was thinking about, I'd get a low mark. And then I was like, all right, <laughs> go on then. And I just like, put, actually, I'll just put my own, I can't believe I'm saying this on camera. And then I just put my own thoughts anyway. But then I'd go onto Amazon and find a book in which they probably said that and cite the book. And then I'd get a first. <laughs> So yeah, there's there's not there's not any room <laughs> to think crazy. because there's probably not the manpower at the university to deal with all of the students having these thoughts. Do you know what I mean? So it's like no no no, don't think yet. Just write down what someone else thought so and say that you know who thought it. And yeah, I mean it's ridiculous. I have a first on my degree and I don't uh, I don't value it. I'm not excited about it. I'm not. Do you know what I mean? It's, I don't. It's, I mean that's really sad, right? I mean university. Yeah, yeah. You know, like back in the day, you know, when when universities were were like. You know, back in the day of like ancient Greece, universities were something. They weren't even. Well, we don't know. We weren't there, but <laughs> apparently. Well, apparently, yeah, that's true. That's true. Apparently, they were. 
you know, places where people just sort of sat around and just thought about where stuff. The, yeah, the university should be where their thought happens, but it's not, it's where their thought is sold. And there we go back to money again. If you look like, uh, you go into a university, what are the aims? It's about how, what is the turnover? What money is being made? That's, that is the bottom line of everything. And now we've taken that, we think that's normal, it's a religion. We think that's so normal, that the money is the bottom line. That's what I mean when I say that money decides stuff. You go into a university, so I applied just for curiosity because I'm thinking about like, oh, what would it be like to like mix language transfer in a university setting? So I applied at SOAS and Cambridge and Durham and I didn't get an interview anyway. Right? But I think, mate, I'm the best language teacher. <laughs> Why shouldn't I? At least give me an interview. And it's just like, they don't want someone that's going to change their department and the way people are thinking about language. And they, no, no, they have you know, an expectation from the students, they have this monetary bottom line to see to, and there's a small bit of room to dance around that. Yeah. But mostly it's just all about money, isn't it? And, yeah. and, and that's what I want to protest against as well with language transfer. I don't like that money takes my decisions or your decisions or the government's decisions or an institution like the university's decisions. Money is taking those decisions. So, so, if, if we go sort of back again to the beginning, so where, where were you born? You were born in... In here. Not in here, but in London. <laughs> Not in this bookshop. In London. Ah, okay. And, but then you... Okay, so I saw, I saw in one of your videos, you mentioned that for a while you were living in a tent on a Greek island? Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, end at the buffer zone in Cyprus. That was a... Because, you know, language transfer kind of exploded or started really in Cyprus with these Greek and Turkish courses that I was doing and then we made this occupation of the buffer zone so like I said between 2011 and 2014 language transfer was just like one activity amongst many experiments and activism and um, one of those was occupying the green line that divides Cyprus <laughs> and, uh, and and living there so so you lived there in a, in a tent? I was in a tent there for a while um, uh, editing the first Greek course which isn't online anymore okay. and then another time in Samothraki which is an island of Greece for a little while as well where I was editing introduction to Turkish in my tent <laughs> I mean that's just that's just amazing I mean I with a scarf over my head <laughs> and over the computer like trying to recreate the right sound to make the editings oh wow yeah yeah Look, I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I read a really interesting article about this, about how basically most people, you know, they, they sort of want to be ethical and they want to do the right thing, but they can't afford, they can't afford to be ethical. So, for example, if, they're, if, they're, if the place they work is know, polluting the environment, they can't say, screw you, I quit my job, because they can't, they literally cannot exactly. afford. So, but, but you... You were living in a tent, you know, you, and you were still like, you probably, you know... I don't think I've made good decisions, personally. <laughs> if I think personally, like, I mean, I'm this far into the project now, I think, okay, what have I done to myself versus what have I created? I really like what I've created, but it has had a huge cost on, on myself. I wish I didn't understand this many languages, for example. I'd love to walk around language, London and not understand what people are saying, because people don't talk about very interesting things. <laughs> yeah, it's like, ah, look, or... <laughs> bread. Or, I mean, just... Uh, I don't judge people that don't take this kind of decisions at all. I think I might be a little bit crazy for doing what I've done. And I totally like 
I uh, feel sorry for people that want want don't like the world that we're living in, want to make some change. But like, there's that bottom bread line, isn't it? It's yeah. like, yeah, I work for a company that's doing X, Y, and Z. It's all terrible. Yeah. But what am I going to do? Like, go and work for another company that's doing X, Y, and Z, and it's all terrible. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like. Uh, I, I just I, I just imagine that for most people it's probably difficult to understand what would motivate you so deeply that you could basically sort of be living in a tent and still be creating content for free. I think for most people they, they wouldn't be able to understand that. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I think I think I might just be a really complicated person. I mean, there's so many different like contributing factors, and and you know, so so often I've been like, and and once quite seriously. I don't know if you saw that video October like 2017 where I just like turned the camera on. I was like, this month I want to talk about what a shit the language transfer user should be, and then my all my support increased. Uh, but you know, like I've been on the brink of just like no, like forget it. But I guess I think I have a, I think I've quite pronounced sense of dignity and ego maybe maybe that's all it is you know like I don't want to participate in something that I think is stupid yeah. you know and I feel like this rat race of just like earning money and doing stuff you don't really believe in just to do that uh, I, you know and also maybe because I, I was working since I was 15 I got a job at McDonald's when I was 15 that was more money than a 15 year old would ever need I was never interested in money, I think, since then, but I knew it was never going to make me happy. That wasn't what was going to float my boat. I'm not, you know, like, I always need more money, but the stuff I want to do costs money, you know? Like, yeah, of course, of course. Barely surviving, living in a couple of at the moment, which you guys paid for, thank you. <laughs> uh, you know, but I'm not motivated by money. Yeah. I, I, I get accused of that sometimes. Really? Yeah, yeah. I get some. I get some weird mails. Really? Mostly, your usership is wonderful and nice. But then some people are like, "Oh, why haven't you finished your courses? Why are you still making more language? You just want to get rich." And I'm like, "Does it look like I'm getting rich?" And, Amazing. And do you not think I could do something else with this brain <laughs> to get more money? Yeah, yeah, that exactly. Was, I, what I was, you know. But I don't have any qualms of telling people where to. I can imagine. Where to go when I get those kind of. Yeah, I'm quite colourful about it actually. Nice, you should be. <laughs> in, in various languages. I did one the other day. I actually told the girl, I think you're the kind of stupid I can't help you. <laughs> I did that the other day. Nice. Yeah. Still, I think it. you're probably right. I did, I was. <laughs> so, okay, so this is the, this is the business card for, for language transfer. And so there's courses in Arabic, Spanish, French, Greek, Turkish, Swahili, German, Italian, and more on the way. Oh, sorry. And, and, <laughs> and, uh, and English for Spanish speakers. And English for Spanish speakers. Now, yes. do, you, do you speak all of these languages? No. So how, how do you teach a language that you don't speak? Well, so the plan with this project, when I said, okay, I was going to do this, that there was going to be more of a balance between me and the usership, so it was going to be like, I'll do what I did for Spanish. I will learn the shit out. Can I say that? Mm, yeah. I can learn the shit out of a language, know it back to front, and then teach it. And, you know, these donations will help me do that. But it was just overwhelming. People wanted so much and, and too fast. And, and then I was like, okay, I need to find a way to bypass myself learning the language. Which I can do, because I know what languages do. Uh, when I'm course writing, you know, 
uh, I can think all that, okay, this might happen, that might happen, blah, 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 blah. And all I need is native speakers. So I can show you if you're interested, but like, for example, the Google Doc that I'm working on complete Arabic now, you can see like all the stuff I'm asking in bold and then the native speakers that come and give me their clarifications. And I say, okay, you're in this situation. Um, this happens. Uh, what would you say? You know, because I'm trying to establish like a verb time. So I do that and I kind of, I can bypass uh, the, the learning of it, I say that because it's, it's always going to be in my head, obviously, I wrote the, I wrote the course, I, I go away with the structure of the language in my head, but I don't learn it in the sense that I don't use it. I mean, half those languages, I've never had a conversation with. Well, that, I mean, that, that's, that, that, that's incredible to me because, like, the, the reason that I sort of got in contact with you is because I listened to your, to your Arabic podcast. And, and, like, as soon as the first, the very first lesson finished, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing, like, this is exactly how people should be teaching languages all the time and and when I listen to you teaching Arabic it's, it's impossible for me to comprehend that you don't really know that language really well well Arabic is a one of my closer ones, I'd say. I've used it, I lived in Egypt a little while, but Swahili, for example, which is, I mean, I, I've never had a conversation in Swahili, and I probably know more about Swahili actually than I do Arabic, even though like, I use Arabic a lot more. Wow, okay. You know, like, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's language. It's, all, it's like, look, if you make cakes, you're not gonna have a problem if I come and say, can you make a passion fruit cake? Like, you're gonna work it out. So, <laughs> I do take languages, you know? Like, if you wow. bring me the language, I will find the sense in it, you wow. know? Wow. And I really enjoy that, that stage of it, like, ah, I love it. I mean, so now I'm gonna make a course in January for people that wanna learn the method. And one lady is coming from Panama with the native language of Panama. Ooh, that Panamanian. A few people speak. I don't know. Embarao, Embarao, something like that it's called. Uh, I haven't researched anything about it yet. I'm busy. But, uh, and it's I probably can't, like I a Spanish I can't wait. No, 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 it's an indigenous language. Oh, okay. like, it's oh. going to be unrelated to anything I've ever seen. And I can't wait to have it in front of me and find the sense in it. Yeah, but I mean, that. I mean, for example, people who. Like, like Daniel Everett, who went and, and studied the Peter Han, you know, the weird language in the Amazon. People who go and, you know, to the Amazon, they, they spend like 30, 40 years, like, studying the language. Oh, well, you seem to do it no, so, no, no. So if there's quick. no material, like, yeah, I mean, other people do the pre-work, don't they? So I, I want to pick up a grammar of that language and have a look at it and work out what's going on. Yeah. Uh, if no one's done that, then I can't do a lot with that language. So, I, of course, I, I told that potential course writer, you know you need to have material already. So that material is going to come in vertical form, isn't it? It's going to be like, I, he, she, it, you, they, past, present, and future, and then, you know, what the yeah. nouns do, what that does, so hopefully someone's done that, someone needs to have done that already. Well, what I, I mean, do is I look at that and go, okay, when you reorder that, there is a sense there where it might look like all kind of random information, so do you, do you know any other languages apart from... Just Spanish, just English and Spanish. Uh, I'm trying to think, to oh, give and, you and a really a, nice example. Uh, a tiny bit of Arabic, Arabic, thanks to you. Um, I, I don't know, like... I mean, if you look at something like case in German, yeah. you look at a table and then you see how the words for the change, depending on the case, it looks absolutely random. Yeah. But when you look, but you can find a sense in there. Uh, yeah, of course. Ah. And well, well, well. This is this is exactly why why when I listened to your Arabic course, I said, okay, this is it because I agree with you. I think that you know my experience is only teaching English, but when I when I see the way the textbooks present English I in give grammar, it's like it's just like 
it's like tables of stuff. All right, and, let me give yeah. you some example for English about the order and why the order is so important. So imagine I didn't know English, but I looked at English, yeah, yeah. right? Now I would see that you learn the negation and that the negation has not or it has do not, depending on what verb you have. I would see the questions and how the questions can be like, you don't you want or do you not want? And that, that looks mental, just a lot of material to get around to the most basic stuff of the language. But if you reorder that, then you can find a sense there. So the way I teach English in the English for Spanish speakers course, which you should super listen to, is to start with do, the emphatic do. Okay. So uh, you want, you do want. So comparing that to Spanish, I'll be like, tu quieres, tu si quieres. So like, do isn't si, it's just what we use there to give this emphasis, etc. Now, when you learn that first, and you go, okay, when we make a question and when we make a negation, the first thing that we do is we put an emphasis on it, because it's a question and it's a negation. We mark that emphasis first with a do, and then we put the not. So when we, if we learn that, so usually, like, you think that would be something you'd learn in advance, this emphatic do, I do want. That would come later in an advanced course, because it's not so... Yeah, or maybe never. Or maybe never. never. Maybe you never teach that. Yeah, people but ask me, like, what is, why first, does it do that? Yeah, exactly. But if you teach that first, you can use that to make the questions and the negations coherent, even with the verbs that do not use do, like can, you know, can you, I cannot. Uh, so just that reordering of that material has made it really, really coherent and made this, the, the journey really simple from the point of view of Yeah, well, I suppose so it makes it makes sense because then they understand that, that normally there's an auxiliary there that's kind of invisible, right? But when you, when you sort of put it in... You think about it, exactly. So what you learn then becomes coherent. You have the inversion for the question and not for the negation, yeah. you know? And then there are some verbs which do, do not use do, which are interestingly the same ones that don't have an infinitive. So they don't have to and they don't have do. So, you know, you, so what I would do when I look at this language of Panama is to look at the, those tables and then try and find that coherence in, in all of the different areas of the language, verbs, adjectives, nouns or whatever, and then weave that through a course where nobody that's listening to it could imagine what I'm actually weaving together. All you do is sit there and make your questions, uh, make your answers to the questions. But in that journey, you get the entire structural panorama of the language with the least effort possible, the least amount of rules. Uh, because it's easy to explain anything if you're going to give a thousand rules for yeah. different... Yeah, yeah, know, exactly. So you want overriding rules. And, yeah, that is my favourite bit. The, the, the sort of that, that like language exploration bit, right? Yeah, that, that deciphering, deciphering, uh, cracking the cold. I like that. Wow. So, it gets my juices flowing. <laughs> so, so if, um, if people want to, want to support like what you do, how, how can they do that? Um, with money okay. <laughs> on the Patreon campaign, or like, which is the monthly donations uh, that, that come in each month, which are really important because it means I have some stability, or with occasional donations through the donate button on the website. Um, I do make calls for volunteers, but I do that much less now because the great majority of people that get in touch uh, just kind of waste my time for a lot of oh, admin really? and never, never really do anything. So I would say unless you're really sure you're going to volunteer, 
just volunteer to do what type of buy things? me a coffee a month instead that would be much but better but what volunteers to do what native speakers I always need native speakers in all the languages that uh, okay. I don't speak okay. <laughs> which okay. is like all of them apart from, I mean I never need native speakers for Spanish really okay but the rest okay okay yeah so and spread the word yeah. there's donation packs as well where if you want something for your donation uh, I, I don't want to spend money on advertisement so I don't like that so you can you can buy a donation pack where the money of the pack only pays for the production and the sending of that pack okay so like the cheapest one is $15 and they go up so that's like a postcard pack you get some postcards you can leave around like in cafes like this and some cards like that okay. and then you know you've got other bits with goodies and that's a really good thing as well because they really do work when you leave those around in places that they don't get thrown away like cafes uh, yeah, I can, like, if I go through a city and I leave them around, then I go and look at the SoundCloud, I can notice that city jump up in the top Oh, really? 10. Like, yeah, it works. Wow, really? It works. And it's better than spending money on advertisement. I think it's a great, so it's great. Like. A, a, a secret little tech marketing technique from... Yeah, I made that one up, I did. So, so what would be like your... I'm really sorry about this, by the way. So, if, if you could sort of... what. What, if you could summarize, like what change would you like to see in the future in the world of sort of language teaching and language learning? Oh, just less involvement of money. I mean, that's it at the end of the day. And that, that's the same change I'd like to see in the world. I mean, the, the, the reason it's so bad is because it's so lucrative. That's why it's so bad. Because it's so, so the correlation. Lucrative. Of course. Like, if you think, like, you know, this exoticism that you offer on the cover of a language learning book, how exciting that is and that impulse buy, you know, and then the fact that people's expectations are so low because of also the education system and other publications they might want to look at. No one, I mean, no one's going to go back to the shop and say, I didn't learn from this book, it's crap, I'm going to return it, you know. So mostly they focus on publicity, they focus on. Uh, you know, the graphic design of the fun color. It is just so, so lucrative. That's why I don't think it's going to improve uh, unless incredibly. Money, money, unless money is taken you out know, of like the most things in the world, money needs to stop taking decisions. Like, we need to grow up and take decisions for ourselves and, and stop, you know, looking to, okay, what is going to move more money around? That's what I should do. Like, it infuriates me, the stupidity behind it. You know, and just how common ground it is and how it forms, like, the staple, the cornerstone of all of our lives. And then when you start questioning, your whole world falls apart and it's a bit painful and it was for me but you know it yeah. happened <laughs> well, well I, I think you know um, like I, I'm meeting with you today I'm, I'm meeting with, with with other like companies and individuals who are doing free education and you know I think um, I know that it's really what could we say really kitsch and twee and 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 a total cliche but I think it was Nelson Mandela he said be the change that you want to see in the world. So, what I, you know, I think it's really sort of that simple. Like, try to be less angry than me, though. <laughs> like, if you want, to, if you want free education, then then offer it. Like, yeah. if you want to you see, want, if you want the society to stop behaving stupidly, say, I'm not going to participate in that stupidity. I think it's stupid. I'm not participating. Yeah. Or like, if there's teachers out there, you know, if there's teachers out there who, who, who just, as you say, they go to work to get their paycheck and that's it. Then do something you know, else. Do something else, or, or, or be an anarchist, <laughs> or, right? or get excited about teaching. Because I mean, I don't. I would never have imagined I would have been this excited about teaching. I was teaching to pay for my musical education, like I said at the beginning. And I realised that I can have really 
terrible, boring classes, mm. frustrating classes, or I can change someone's life in my class and have them crying because I can't believe it and learn something. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It was like, well, obviously, you know, whatever you do in life, like we put an effort, make you know, to do it well. And there's too many Passion. teachers that are just fighting their way through the day, and I understand it, especially in public uh, or public education in English. I don't know if it means the same thing, like state education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that are really thinly strung and you know they have a hard time getting through the day but with all things in life the more energy you put in the more you're gonna get from it you know I was a terribly behaved kid at school absolutely horrific and I would always behave for my teachers that engaged me uh, it was okay. the ones that didn't engage me but I was like setting the classroom on fire <laughs> and stuff like that oh, man. sitting at the back smoking under the table that was me yeah 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 wow wow <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, I, I hope that I hope that people sort of listen to this message, and, and people, I hope that people get on board with the idea of removing money from the equation as much as but, we can. As much yeah. as we can, we need to start that journey. You know, it's not an overnight thing. And you know, when you talk about that, everyone's like, "Oh, you're you're a, you're a utopianist," or you're, and it's you know, it's not an overnight thing. It's a it's something we can start doing now. And in a global level, I think we need to remove money as far as our basic necessities are concerned: energy, shelter, and food. We can do all of that, damaging the planet much less than what we are at the moment, and not involving money. Really, if we design stuff to make that all free, we would do a fraction of the damage that we're doing at the moment to real materials to make invisible money go around I think that is the the one thing that really excites me and I did it really excites me because it's the closest thing that I can see to this is the concept of universal income I think yeah. that is the closest thing being discussed in the mainstream that takes us as close as possible to this when you have universal income we are not uh, slaves to money anymore if that universal income covers our basic needs and then you know you can start thinking about the production of the stuff that is bought with that universal income not harming the planet as opposed to just like generating more money and, and also I I mean I I don't really know much about how that is how that works financially in the in the broader idea of the economy but for me the exciting thing about universal income would be people who who, who love their jobs can stay in their jobs and earn money, and people who hate their jobs can maybe find something they're passionate about exactly. without worrying about dying. I mean, if you think about human resources, you think like all of the fight I've had to do to bring this to the world. Mm. Luckily, I've got this much adrenaline, <laughs> you know, caffeine. But and all of the people that that don't, that we're not taking advantage of, what we should be doing in society is say, look, here's everything you need to survive. Find out what it is that you love and bring it. We need it. That's what we should be doing not like survive mate I mean that's not taking advantage of our human resources and the stupidity in that irritates me as well you know yeah um, no I, I totally agree I totally agree and I mean I believe that everybody has something that they're really interested in it might it might be you know maybe not gonna change the world but at least in that thing you know you're I don't know. I mean, no one changes the world. You change your world and you have an impact on other people's worlds, you know? And yeah. like, this is an organism. I'm one cell. I used to feel like this kind of, especially with the other activism, like, oh, we've got to change the world and stuff. And uh, I, luckily, I've, 
couldn't let go of that because it did give me a lot of anxiety, you know, because it is, it's unnatural. There is no good reason we are, we are sales, you know, like I have a job as a sale, you have a job as a sale. Try to be truth to your, truthful to yourself, you know, and that's it at the end of the day. All of this is going to be sucked into the sun by the end of it anyway. No one's going to have any idea who we were or what we were about. Hopefully, that's hopefully because the other, the other cases that we bring plastic to Mars, isn't it? Uh, Mihailis, you're you're a very deep and fascinating person. Cheers. And um, I really wish you the best of luck with language transfer. Thank I hope you. that everybody here checks it out if you want to learn Check any of these languages uh, Spanish Arabic Turkish Greek French Swahili German or Italian and more on the way yeah Mandarin is on the way oh my god <laughs> my god um, thank you Mahalas thank, thank you thank you on behalf of, of the planet <laughs>